Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. An open forum Wednesday. How are you, everybody? Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. And uh, we can fire away at any topics that you want. Boston and Philadelphia game two. Joel Embiid is playing for the Sixers. And obviously, this is uh, a huge game for the Boston Celtics after dropping the first game. I mean, um, I don't know if I would classify it a, a must-win game, but it's pretty close to a must-win game if you were a fan of the uh, Boston Celtics. All right, so we got a good hockey game tonight. Uh, game one between Edmonton and Vegas in Vegas, and that series should flat out be a dandy. All right, something I am thinking about doing for tomorrow, uh, I want your feedback on whether it is something that you would participate in. So. Tomorrow at 5 o'clock on YouTube, if you don't like that, uh, I thought I would go on and share stories based on what you want me to talk about. So you say, uh, hey, Grant, I would love for you to talk about this player back in the 80s or the 90s or what have you. Uh, tell me some stories about Wayman Tisdale or you know whatever else, because I've got a lot of stories, but I like to you know go by what you would like. So, you know, again, I'd love to do that. If you think that's something you'd be interested in, I would do it tomorrow uh, at five o'clock. All right. So let me know if you want to do that. I'll schedule the program. Uh, We'll do listen app tomorrow at four o'clock and then come on at five o'clock. All right. Hit me up. Who wants to get the show rolling? What do you want to talk about today? Again, uh, kind of hard watching the Lakers on the Celtics or the Lakers on the Celtics. The Lakers on the Warriors last night, because I think if you're a Kings fan, you're kind of like, nah, you know what? I- I'm not even going to really pay attention because it hurts so bad. But you got to give the Lakers credit. And Anthony Davis, absolutely unbelievable what he did in the game. He's, you know, listen, when Anthony Davis is healthy, I mean, we know he's really, really good. He's really good. And he was the difference. Uh, in game one, as the Lakers beat the Golden State Warriors. And now the Lakers, you know, they steal home court advantage in the first 48 minutes of action. That's pretty impressive. All right, let's get the show rolling, and we're going to get to Connor. Hey, Connor, how are you? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. What's up? So game one tonight should be fun. I saw the over-under six and a half, so they're expecting high-scoring game between the two juggernauts. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. I think the key to this series uh, with the obvious, which is goaltending, is going to be the power play. I mean, you can't give these teams an extra man. Uh, I think Edmonton's power play, the way they are, I mean, can be lethal. I think that is really important. So making stupid penalties, you just can't do, cannot do that in this series. I mean, if you're shorthanded in this series, you could be in trouble. Uh, So I I think that's going to be one of the keys as well. Yeah, that'll be huge. And then there's a conversation yesterday on the show about the Yankees and stuff. And I was just watching the highlights from yesterday's game, and I was kind of shocked at what I saw. I saw them score a run. A guy got a base hit. He stole second. He stole third. And then another hit brought him in. That's just a rarity for Yankees baseball. <laughs> that is a rarity. I know that is like probably it hasn't happened in years. It is a rarity. You're absolutely right. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing, but the Yankees are pathetic right now. Yeah, they sure are. And then in other news, I know not a lot of people follow soccer, but there's been a pretty huge story that Erling Haaland has scored 35 goals this season, which breaks the Premier League record. 
for a league that's been around for so long. It's pretty incredible. I'm, I'm not familiar, so uh, fill me in. I don't even know who he plays for or what have you. I'm sorry, I don't follow the Premier League, so help me out with this. Uh, give me some knowledge. Yeah, he plays for Manchester City, which is one of the best teams. The Premier League is the English League, and that's yeah. No, I know, I know what the Premier League is. I just am not familiar with what team he plays for. So, on a scale of like one to ten, ten being unbelievable, is this a ten in your mind? Yeah, it is. It's a record that's been around for a long time, and he he's beaten it with still, I think, four games to go. So it's pretty amazing. Okay, awesome. Who's your team that you root for in the Premier League? Manchester United, so they're cross-city rivals. Yep. Okay, gotcha. All right. And then since it's open for Wednesday, I had a question about – I think you were talking yesterday on the show about DeMarcus Cousins. Someone asked about Tyreek Evans and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think I heard you say that DeMarcus Cousins ruined Nick Stauskas' career. Can you kind of, like, go into detail about that? Yeah, he treated him like a uh, slave. And uh, his uh, abuse to Nick Stauskas was one of the worst things I've seen in all my years of covering the NBA. And what was also worse is nobody in the organization stepped in and uh, said enough is enough. Or if they did, I wasn't aware of it. Uh, I saw some things that were absolutely horrible, horrible. And anyone that tells you otherwise is lying to you. Uh, I saw it with my own eyes and uh, it was it was awful. And I guarantee you, if you could talk to Nick Stauskas privately, he would share the same sentiments. Oh, that's terrible. I can't believe this is the first time I'm hearing of it. Well, I'm, I, I, I've heard of it in the past from others. It's just for whatever reason, wasn't um, it, it, it didn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. But he treated he treated uh, Nick Stauskas as poorly as. And listen, Hazing's part of being a rookie. And that that's that's okay. I mean, you know, listen, we just saw, you know, Keegan Murray said he spent a fortune on the road every game getting Chick-fil-A for the players. That that's part of being a rookie. But the there's a there's a difference between that and crossing the line. And when an individual crosses the line repeatedly and no one in the organization steps in and does anything, then in my opinion, everyone's culpable. Of that, it's not just the individual who's stepping over the line. It's the veteran teammates, the coaches, the management who allows that to go on. They're culpable in the actions as well. So I shouldn't just blame it on one individual. That would not be fair. I think it was an organizational thing for whatever reason. Uh, they allowed that to go on, and I thought it was very unfortunate. And I believe that the the how, how do I want to phrase this? The development of Stauskas early in his career was hindered greatly because of Demarcus. I, I believe that with all my heart, and I think that most of the teammates that were on that club, if you could ask them privately, would share the same sentiment. Now, I would also say I don't know if Nick Stauskas would have ever been good anyway. Okay, so I'm I'm also putting that out there. You know, it's not like we're talking about an all star, although you know he played many years in the NBA with a lot of different teams. And I believe that he never quite met his expectations. I think we could all agree on that. But um, being with DeMarcus early in his career was the worst thing in the world for his for the beginning of his NBA career. And I, I don't think anybody could dispute that. Yeah, nothing surprises me with DeMarcus Cousins. And it's good to see how ownership and management, the culture change that we have now. It's night and day compared to what it was with Cousins. It is night and day. You know, in all fairness to Vladi, he tried to fix the culture, but unfortunately uh, he missed on the uh, draft pick of Luca and took Bagley, which was a, a, a bad decision. But he got rid of DeMarcus Cousins and Matt Barnes, you know, at the same time when he said, you know, enough is enough. Um, you know, he brought in good players when he traded uh, Jackson for Harrison Barnes. And that really helped the culture of the locker room greatly. But it really started when he shipped away DeMarcus and, and then Matt Barnes, you know, basically at the same time. And that that helped out the locker room greatly. Yeah, interesting stuff. Thanks for all the info about that. No problem. Thank you. You know, and again, I want to make myself very clear. I don't know if Nick Stauskas would have been any better of a player 
than he was. But what I saw from DeMarcus towards Nick Stauskas was over the top bad. It was it was it was beyond what I would call rookie hazing. You know, rookie hazing goes on in every team in the league, and it's okay. It's okay because it's like, hey, you got to carry my suitcase. You've got to go get me food in the morning. You've got, I mean, that's part of being a rook. And most, most, most every player in the league is, you know, they go through it and they understand it. But it's really, you know, fun in nature and it's it's not it's not excessive. It's not you don't hear a lot of guys complaining about it. You go through it once when you're in college and you go through it once when you're in the NBA. Okay. But when it goes over the top, then enough is enough. You know, that that's when you have to put a you have to put the brakes on it. All right, let's get to uh Love Terrace. Hello, Terrace. How are you? Hi, Grant. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to follow up on Connor's call. Um, one thing he didn't tell you, the player he's talking about for soccer, he's only 22 years old, and he's amazing. Wow. He just, that guy, I mean, he, I mean he, no, he's big, too. He's fast, very fast. He's big, over six feet, and he's just, nobody can stop him. He's just running like, you know, it's like uh, you have a big, uh, what can I say, uh, you know, a big body. Yeah. To score at will. That's what he does. Anyway, uh-huh. um, so also uh, kudos to Connor because we're supporting the same team. Um, I want to say, say something about the Kings. Uh, I haven't been on the course for the last few days. I was watching the last game with my daughter, and I told my daughter after the halftime, if they don't stop looning, that we are done. And basically, that's what happened. And I think the coach called it after the game. He said that the offensive and the rebounds basically they killed us. You know, I mean, Stephen Kings will do what he does, but if you don't stop the rebounds, would probably uh, would, you know, we lost the game at that point. So yeah, there was one stretch in the th- there was one stretch in the yeah. third quarter where you know Curry took a three and missed, and the Warriors I think got six rebounds on the same possession, which culminated in another basket by Curry. In other words, Looney got a rebound. They missed a putback dunk. There was another shot that Curry took in the corner that missed. Offensive rebound by Looney. They kept the possession alive. The Warriors get a basket, and the Kings took a timeout. And, you know, from that point forward, the Kings really never got close. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. My daughter and I were screaming at the TV, what's going on? I mean, come on. You can't get the rebound. So that brings me, brings me to my, uh, my question do you think this offseason, I mean, we all know Alex didn't carry. I mean, we should get a big guy, back a big guy to be, you know, for the rebounds. I know Sabonis sometimes shows up, but sometimes doesn't. I don't think I understand what you mean. Can you embellish that a little bit for me, please, Lip Terrace? Okay. Do you think should we get a big guy for rebounds? You know, we have the guy Alex. Alex Land, yeah, he's not going to be the answer. I mean, but yes, I understand now. Yes, I do think that that is a real uh, wish list for the offseason. You know, get get, you need a player down low that is more physical, uh, that can rebound. Absolutely. I think that is on the wish list. And I believe that a veteran backup point guard is also something that this franchise needs. I'm not saying that Davion Mitchell is not part of the future. What I am saying is I think they need somebody that if De'Aaron goes down for any period of time, you feel pretty good that you have a veteran backup point guard that can run the team. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you know anything about the draft? I mean, do you think that do they have any uh, guys that can fill in the spot or should we go for veterans? You know, I think based on where the Kings are going to be selecting in the draft this year, which is very refreshing, by the way, that they're not going to be in the lottery. I don't really think you're going to add – what you need in the draft. I think you're going to add what you need in the draft, or, or excuse me, I think you're going to add what you need via free agency beginning in July. Okay, okay. Um, I got one more question. I sent you a while ago through email that article about Puri, Brock Puri, that he said he might not play this season. What did he do? Yes, about you that? did send me that. Uh, you know, I, I'm keeping, I, I think he is playing this year based on everything I'm hearing. So, that right. I think okay. he is going to play. I just don't. We just don't know when he's going to play, but I think he's going to play. 
Okay. Thank you so much, Glenn. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Liv Terrace. Bye-bye now. All right, let's get to uh, Waggus. Welcome to the show, Waggus. How are you? Yep, Grant, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Can you speak up, please? Yes, yes. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're very low. If there's any way you can uh, speak up, that would be great. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, better. Thank you. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's that video that I shared with you, and um, that's exactly what you described. That was a play that I think really just, uh, you know, uh, you know, and that was a series right there. Uh, um, I, I think you're talking about when Wiggins almost uh, slammed it home after Curry. Yes, missed a, yes, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, one where Wiggins almost. Yes, yeah. that's correct on the putback. And I think the Warriors had what five shots on that possession. I mean, it was ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, and and Looney he had rebounds, but he had like three or four tips as well. So yeah. I yes, mean, that's correct. At the end of the day, you don't rebound, you don't win in the NBA. Uh, that that's always um, what I've known it as be, and so it is what it is. I mean, they were the better team that uh, day, and they yep. won, and we're gonna get better. But you know, I I, I want. You know what else is amazing to me? You know what else is amazing to me? That the Warriors were able to be that good in the third quarter with their awful free throw shooting. I believe, and again, I'm I'm throwing the numbers off the top of me, but. I think I remember watching the game with three minutes left. They were only three of 11 from the line in that yes, quarter. Think about that. Think were. about that. They could have blown the game open before the fourth quarter even began. Now, you know, you were at the game. That final play of the third, the four-point play, was a, was a backbreaker for the Kings. But think about this. A very good free-throw shooting team like the Warriors were pathetic at the line in the third quarter. Or else they could have absolutely blown the game open before the fourth quarter even began. Yeah, and and Grant, I can definitely say that Curry missed two free throws, and I was in the building. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so did Clay Thompson. <laughs> and so did Clay Thompson. Um, yeah, so maybe it was nerves or whatever. I mean, but you know, it, at the end of the day, I and 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 again, I know what Curry did was great. I, I just always feel like if you don't rebound the basketball, you just don't win, and, and it's a possession game. So. But you know, it, it was a great season, and uh, you know, I, I kind of wanted to ask you two things. Uh, number one was obviously it was a great atmosphere, but last night I was watching the Knicks game, and I feel like that's a one thing that's on my bucket list that I have to, you know, achieve one day is go to Madison Square Garden and watch oh, a basketball. It's unbelievable. Game. Yeah, and last night that atmosphere was amazing, especially oh. with yeah. It, it, so I got to tell you, you know, as yeah. much as we talk about Sacramento having a great atmosphere and it yeah. is, and it is, there is really. And, and you don't laugh when I tell you this, but I grew up in New York yep. and I grew up watching the Knicks championship in 69, 70 against the Lakers, Will Chamberlain, Gail Goodrich, Jerry West. But I was never at any of the games because you yep. couldn't get tickets. Yep. But I will tell you, in all the years of going to Madison Square Garden and I announced the game in Madison Square Garden for 32, 32 times. OK. Yep. And I saw some really bad Knicks teams and I saw some good Knicks teams. The most electric, the most energy that I ever experienced in my 32 years of announcing games courtside at Madison Square Garden was when Lynn Sanity was on the Knicks for a period of time. And yeah. that place, I'm telling you, I could not <laughs> believe it. When Jeremy Lynn was at the Knicks and he was going, the energy and the environment at MSG was absolutely unbelievable. Now, I was also at Madison Square Garden for game seven of the Stanley cup finals in 94, when the Rangers beat Vancouver and right. there was nothing that I'll there, there. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you what that was like, but for a Knicks game. And by the way, the energy is good in Madison square garden, even when the Knicks are bad, but when yep. insanity was going good, that energy, that environment at Madison square garden was something I'll never forget. Okay. I, I mean, I, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just know growing up watching, you know, um, I think it was Jeff Van Gundy was a coach, and I think they had that uh, Heat Knicks play against each other for like three, four years straight. I, I thought that was pretty, yep. you know, yeah. That so, was great. Yes, but yeah. it was great. Um, but I do remember one play that uh, Larry Johnson three pointer, and you know when they showed it in replay, and the entire garden just, you know, like like as soon as he hit it, you just you know you you could feel it rock. Would you? So so you would put Madison Square Garden number one in in. All I would, events. yes, okay. for, 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 for a big game, uh, the energy, and yeah, I, 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 listen, I'm not saying I would put it ahead of Arco Arena in the heyday, yeah. okay, I'm not saying that, and the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm saying that is because I'll never forget when Mike Breen came up to me after a game with the Knicks and the Kings during that era, 
And he walked up to me and said, Napes, he's listen, if you're ever sick and you can't do a game, I mean this, you have the Kings call me. I'll fly all the way across the country to announce a game in this building just to experience this atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like that's pretty remarkable. That is, that is. And, and we, and we hear it from like LeBron has said it many times. He loves playing at the garden, right? Kobe loved playing at the garden. Jordan obviously dominated <laughs> playing at the garden. So, yeah. Uh, but the second thing, since it's open forum Wednesday, I wanted to ask you, and you kind of touched on this, but you didn't want to get into it during this entire playoff run. Uh, there was one caller, I think it was on YouTube or on listen app that had right. said that, you know, maybe, you know, uh, Vivek Ranadivi has taken a step back. That's why the team's better. And you said, oh, no, no, no I don't want to get into it. He has not taken a step back. He's very much involved. But I don't want to get into that right now. So now the series is over. I mean, are you um, – uh, Oh, what I meant by like, that yeah. – well, yeah. I, the reason why I didn't want to get into that is I didn't want to yeah. take away from what was going on on the court by yeah. saying anything negative about ownership because I think it was inappropriate at that point in time. I agree. Uh, that, so that, that that's why I said that. I didn't mean anything uh, bad by it. Uh, what I'm, I'll, I will now finish that. Yep. Anyone that thinks that Vivek Ranadive is not very active and everything going on in the organization is being naive, that's just not true. All right. And I still have a lot of uh, people that are very close in the organization. Right. I get a lot of information, and I'm just telling you that is not true. So I guess what the caller and and how I took the question was, we were assuming that maybe Vivek had taken a step back with his, you know, what you called it, you know, putting players in a computer and figuring out which is the best team lineup or whatever you, you told me analytics, right? Um, would you say that? He that is definitely can't... 100% not true. He is right. all about analytics. The Kings have, in my opinion, right. based on what I know, as large of an analytics staff as anyone in the NBA. Now, I don't know if that is 100% factual. All I know is it's large. I don't know if it's right. like the biggest in the league, but I will tell you, that it is uh, their analytics staff is extensive. Uh, they believe in analytics. Uh, you also have to remember that Monty McNair came from a franchise that was Mr. Analytics working under Dale Morey in Houston. So, you know, you also have to factor in that. But Vivek Ranadive, actually, and I'm telling you this, believes right. that you can sit on your couch with yeah. a laptop and put together a basketball team. Okay, wow. I know that because I've had conversations with him about that. Wow. So I guess to answer my question, he still has, based on what you've heard, he still hasn't taken a step back from that and let other people do their job. Well, I don't really know what you mean by taking a step back. You would have to define that for me. Well, well, so, so like, um, I know we had conversations and other callers have asked you, like, the reason why the Kings were not successful all those years, because Vivek wanted his way. He would fire coaches. He would, he'd be so much involved. That's very true. Would not let people. So so now the Kings have turned it out a little bit, right? We had a good year. Obviously, yep. I think we got lucky because we traded for Sabonis and it kind of balanced our team out. But would um, but but would you say that maybe it's because of him maybe taking a step back, or is he still the same Vivek that that wants to? Be um, even I think he's it? gotten better. Okay. Okay. I will. I will. Yeah. I will say that. I will use okay. the term better. Okay. I think he's gotten better uh, in terms of allowing Monty to be the general manager as opposed to calling the general manager 10 times a day, every day, and just being an absolute pain in the ass, which right. is what he was. I think he's gotten better in that degree. Okay. So I think, I think you would admit, generally speaking, when things are going well, I mean, if you're like, I'll equate this to money, and I don't know this because I haven't, but like right. if you're, if you have a stockbroker and you're trying to interfere, okay, you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, I, I think agree. naturally when things are going better and you're having success, generally you're, you're, you're more like, okay, everything's fine. There's not, there's no reason for me to really get that involved. Does that make sense? No, that does make sense. And I do agree with you. Uh, I think all those years we didn't have, and I'm not even blaming him for DeMarcus. He inherited DeMarcus and I get it. He tried to give him a chance and everything like we all yep. did. Right. Uh, but you know, I, I think a lot of those years, especially with the handling of Mike Malone and, 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 you know, all he's ever really what did was hire and fire coaches. Right. And, you know, was uh -huh. just basically, and, and, and I remember him one time saying the cherry pick offense. I remember that like four or five years uh -huh. ago where he, yeah, I'm like, okay, whatever. So 
I guess what I'm saying is just so you know, I had a lot of, just so you know, I had a lot of conversations with the man and I won't share the particulars, but he was on a flight from Sacramento to Philadelphia and he didn't go with the team that much. But anyway, he walked to the back of the plane and we made eye contact and he said, Hey, can I sit down? I said, sure. And he said, I want to ask you a question. And he said, you can answer this. You don't have to be afraid of how you answer this question. I'm like, "Uh, okay. And he said, if you own this team, what's the number one thing you would do? Okay. And I said, you know, and and this is exactly how I answered the question. I said, Vivek, you know what? You're not going to like what I have to say. And he said, no, I do want to know what you have to say. And I told him, and we ended up speaking for an hour. And this happened on a couple of different occasions where we would have lengthy conversations. Um, he, here's, here's Vivek's biggest problem, okay? And I don't necessarily think this is atypical, so I'm, I'm phrasing that when I say this. He has too many people in his ear, and he is a jock sniffer. Yep, he is. He, loves being around famous people and he's very uh i'm going to make sure i say this properly he is swayed by what famous people tell him okay whether it's whether it's a former athlete you know used to see him hanging around roger craig all the time right remember when he first okay and roger you know was and then and then chris mullen and then, yeah. you know, going to the 49ers Super Bowl in Miami, you know, against Kansas City, wearing a autographed Jerry Rice jersey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yep. so he is extremely swayed by people of stature, if I can use that term. And unfortunately, he believes too many things from people that are trying to use him for their own betterment. Okay, and I think that's something that he maybe has gotten better at, but he is a jock sniffer. Okay, and if you see him at games, who's he sitting next to all the time? He's either sitting next to a famous musician or a famous athlete most of the time, right? Yep. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, but I'm just saying he gets off on that. Like he thrives on that. Like he thinks he's Mr. Cool to be sitting next to someone that's famous. Like he, he, he. He absolutely gets off on that. Yeah, no, I, and and game seven, uh, he had uh, he was sitting next to that comedian uh, Hassan Manaji. But you know, Grant, just the way you put it, it all makes sense now. Look, it's fine. I get it. He, you know, I mean, I mean, we're amazed. I'm amazed when I see athletes. But are, you're basically saying that he lets it affect how he does his job. One hundred percent. No, one, 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 no. There, and yeah. there's not even. I'm not saying ninety nine point nine percent. I'm saying 100%. I know that for a fact. Not, I'm not guessing on this. I know this to be factual. Wow. Okay. Well, well, that's pretty sad because it's okay. I mean, you know, you're an owner. You can hang out with your little crew, but, you know. Yes, example, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, a lot of these famous people, they're famous people in their own individual categories, musicians, comedians. Correct. They're not. Like, correct. You know, yeah. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Well, um, I just hope now for King's sake that he just continue to let, you know, Mike Brown do the job because what's going to happen is, is that now the Kings are good. And I feel like him trying to maybe force the issue to try to acquire a player too, to try to push him over the top, probably trying to force something like that. That's what I don't want to see happen. You know, I I don't think so. I think he, you know, I mean, you know, the one thing, uh, Vivek has been successful in his life. Um, You know, you'd have to be, off your rocker to screw up what the Kings have going on right now in their future, because you have a young nucleus. That's all good with starting with the Aaron with Sabonis and with Keegan Murray. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really good trio to build around. Got it. Okay. And, and I just, uh, last thing I'll say, I just thought of something else. I, I don't know how he's been this successful by letting other people, you know, in his work, you know, swayed his decision or whatever so maybe after it's unbelievable i I, listen (laughs) i'm not you know i have a very difficult time answering these questions because i have to 
as I'm talking to you, yeah. I have to, my train of thought is, am I, I got to be careful. I don't say anything that is considered a private conversation because I really mean this. Like I try to keep a real balance on what is private and what is not. Right. And sometimes, sometimes I feel it's necessary to share certain things that are private, such as my 48 hours of communicating with Doug Christie from right. May 31st, 2020 to June 2nd. Like I, I think that's appropriate because I think right. it share. I think it's a story that people need to know, but there right. are many things that I saw and heard and were privy to that I just think would be kind of dirty for lack of a better term to talk about. Does that make sense? No, I get it. Yeah. You always been kind of respectful of people. No, I get it. I get yes. it. You're just trying to, yeah. I mean, you know what grant you have that doesn't have a backbone, right? Even to this yeah, day, well, you're just trying to be, you know, professional as yeah. it is, even though what happened to you. And again, this is just, I'm not saying this because, you know, we met and everything, but there was only one thing that was missing in that building. There was only one person that was missing in that building when I was there. And you, you already know who I, well, <laughs> you I should have been in that, that building. Yeah. So well, I got to tell you, when you sent yeah. me a message, on Instagram that you were at game seven, man. I was so freaking happy for you because yeah. like, I, I know what a gigantic fan you are. And yeah. I just thought that was so awesome, man. So I, I'm really bummed out for you that, and when I mean you, I'm bummed out for all Kings fans, but that the, I mean, for all, listen, with nine, I think you would said this to me the other day, but yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but really when Clay Thompson made that four yeah, point that play at the end of the corner, you almost yeah. knew it. And then I think with nine minutes left, the Warriors went up by 14 and you knew yeah. there was not going to be any storybook ending, you know? So, so this is what I'll say about all Kings fans. Obviously I was thrown at, there were Warrior fans there, but I think 95% were all Kings fans. Right. Um, one beautiful thing. I love being around Kings fans. Once they knew around the six minute park that it was over, there was just people just getting up. We want to applaud the team. I mean, the love that they have for the team, uh, you know, it's like being around, you know, other Kings fans. It's just amazing. And, and they were so appreciative. And I think they gave him two or three, you know, standing ovations. And yeah, no, but definitely we knew when Clay hit that. I honestly, we knew when Looney was getting those offensive rebounds, it, it, it was starting to sink into us like, hey, you know what? This is over. So, yeah, but it was fun. Um, and I appreciate you taking my call, man. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Bye bye. Take care. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls with uh, Ryan and Sackdown. What's up, buddy? How are you today? Doing great. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Excellent. Well, uh, it all makes sense now, Grant. It must have been 50 Cent and Harry Giles and Vivex here to tell Mike Brown to play Terrence Brown in Game 7. Or Terrence Davis. <laughs> Terrence <excuse> Davis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes all the sense. So, in the so it was 50 Cent. Who was the other one? Harry Giles. Oh, was Harry at the game? Game 7? Yeah. yeah. Oh, good for Harry. I love Harry. Yeah, so um, I'm not sure if you saw this, but uh, Mike Brown did his exit press conference and somebody finally directly asked him um, about Davion only playing eight minutes. And his response was game six was the best game the Kings played all series. Uh, Davis was a big part of that. He was physical with Curry. So after game six, they made the decision that they were going with Davis no matter what. And I could pick that apart about five different ways. What are your thoughts? Well, the first thing I could pick apart is that doesn't bode well for the future at Davion Mitchell with the Kings. That's number one. Uh, number two, well, does that mean that the first five games don't count? That what he did in the first five games was inconsequ inconsequential to what had, you know, and, and, and here's the other deal. Okay, well, let's just say that. Well, was Mike Brown not watching Steph Curry put on one of the great offensive shows in the history of playoff basketball, or did that just like go by him? I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't really know how to answer that. I really don't. Yeah, and I mean, my first thought, too, was, okay, do we not make adjustments? Mike Brown has made adjustments all year long. You know, like he will call a timeout, coach you up in front of 17,000. He will pull you out if you're not doing well and sit you down, talk to you. And then on top of that, game six, he really thinks that's the best the Kings played all well, series? Yeah, yeah, well, first of all, let's just be honest here, okay? The Warriors maybe had their worst game of the year, not playoffs, in game six. They were yes. awful. They were all, okay, so I don't really think that's a good measuring stick to talk about 
Terrence David. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Versus Davion Mitchell. No, absolutely not. And to be honest, Davis really didn't do great on Curry that game. And I know Curry didn't have a very good game um, that night, but there was still a lot of fouls. I think he had like four fouls. Um, And it just, I'm thinking like game one and two, particularly one, I think was probably their best performance of the series because that's when they were defensive minded. And uh, yeah. And, and who, and who, and who was the one that we were talking about after game one and two, who was the guy that most Kings fans wanted to talk about? Mr. Davion Mitchell. That's correct. At 100%. And game three was his stinker. We all know that. Game yep. four was a hell of a game that came right on down to the wire. Again, people were talking about Davion Mitchell. Game five, all right, even in a loss at home, people are going, boy, that Davion Mitchell, he is really having a hell of a series. Then yep. all of a sudden you change your strategy after a game six where the Warriors were horrible and the Kings played. Let's just call it the way it is. The Kings were the, the A version of game six, the Sacramento Kings, and the Warriors really were the D to F version, Okay. And listen, I'm not going to criticize Mike Brown too much here. He was the unanimous coach of the year. He did a great job. And so we need to understand that. He had a hell of a year. But that decision in game seven to bury Davion Mitchell on the bench, I'm sorry, just does not make sense to me. No, and I don't want to bury Mike Brown either. It's just it, it went completely against you know his coaching style and even how he coached the series. When Sabonis was struggling, he sat Sabonis down for an extended period of time, game six. So it's like you go into the I game know. knowing Fox and Sabonis are going to play most of the minutes, but yet you you know anyways. So I don't I want to kill. Another question him. for you. I have another yeah. question for you. Why did it take 48 hours for somebody to ask the coach of the Sacramento Kings that question? That should have been the first question that was asked after the game on Sunday afternoon. I'm with you. I, I'm with you. He got a pass on it. And finally, I think I think a lot of the media here has been um, kind of, or at least a couple people have been very critical of that and critical of the media for not asking that question. So I think that's why it came up in the uh, exit press conference, which is far too long. That should have been the first question, like you said. It's unbelievable. So, um, all right, it's open forum Wednesday. I don't have anything super fun, but uh, I had a lazy day. Cause I had doctor's appointments, getting ready for the surgery later this month. And um, I was wondering, because I binged a show or two, what, what's Grant Napier watching on the TV if it's not sports or news? Uh, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Zero. I have my TV's never on if it's uh, nothing. I'm so disenchanted. I will not watch the news anymore in the United States. I just don't. I mean, unless I'm on it, like I was Saturday night, okay? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, 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 really, I'm really not exaggerating. I think um, I will watch the news when there's a tragedy, a tragedy unfolding, which unfortunately seems to be every day in the United States. Yep. But I am, I am so turned off by the news media in this country that I don't watch it anymore. I, I just don't. Uh, first of all, I don't know if what I'm watching is the truth. I don't know if it's a, uh, a news organization filling out their agenda. Uh, I don't know what's factual and what's not. And unless it's a, a tragedy, and I think you know what I mean by tragedy, whether it's yeah. a mass shooting or a earthquake or a tsunami or you know something of that nature, I will not watch the news. I, I've watched I, – I used to – you know, I think I shared this with my listeners. Every single day on the road when I was getting ready – to go to a game and I was in the hotel room every single day 
I would watch uh, both Fox News and CNN from my room. I would watch Wolf Blitzer, okay? Mm -hmm. And then I would watch, and then when he was done, I would switch to Fox News as I was ironing my shirt, while I was getting ready, while I was packing. Every day, that was my routine. Every afternoon, I would watch the news. And I would watch 50-50 between CNN and Fox News. And I enjoyed that, okay? I wouldn't turn on CNN right now if my life depended on it. And I watch Fox News occasionally, but sparingly. And I used to watch it 50-50 down the line. Now, I don't. I very rarely will have the news on. Very rarely. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch the news either. Um, I same as you. If there's a tragedy or disaster, then I'll turn it on. But you don't. You don't have a good like HBO, Netflix binge show that you that you watch. You, know what? you don't have you what I just. I'll tell you what I just got done watching on Netflix, and I will tell you that it was one of the first things I've ever watched on Netflix. I don't watch a lot of Netflix, but I'm going to start. I and I and I will now. Let me also preface this, okay? I have never watched a Formula One race other than for five minutes, okay? Yeah. I watched the Netflix series on Formula One, and it may have been the best thing that I've ever watched. I I was absolutely enthralled by it, and I watched all five seasons, binge-watched it, and it was so good, I might go back and watch some of the episodes again. And again, I'm not a Formula One fan. I didn't even know that you had only 20 racers, uh, 20 drivers with 10 teams. I didn't know anything about it. Okay, so I'm letting you know that I was as a neophyte as you could be when it comes to Formula One. All right. And I will tell you that 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 series that I just watched on Netflix was as good as anything I've ever watched. And I mean that. Yeah, no, I've not seen the entire thing, but it's unreal. I was the exact same way as you never watched Formula One race. And it just um, it shows you a whole nother side. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I'll tell you, if I'm now home and uh, Formula One race is on, I I watch it now. And I know all the drivers and, you know, know about the legacy of Lewis Hamilton and how good he is with the Mercedes team. And, you know, like I wouldn't even have known who these drivers were. And uh, Daniel Ricardo's. And I mean, I can go on and on and on. I'm just telling you that. Like that, that was, I can't, I, I couldn't turn the damn thing off. I was staying up sometimes <laughs> to four in the morning. I got to watch one more episode. I got to watch one more episode. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't turn it off, you know? Yep. I know how that goes. Well, I'm going to throw another one at you. It's not sports related. It's on HBO max. Give succession a try. That one is uh, okay. really, really good. So, okay. Check that out. I will. I will. All right, cool. All right, now let me ask you, you, so you you watch very little news, correct? I love hardly any, yes. Yeah, me too. Okay, now let me also ask you this, since it's open forum Wednesday. Do you you rarely watch the news because you're like me, you're disgusted with everything that's going on in the country, or do you rarely watch it because you don't know if what you're hearing is the truth or not? Um, Majority of, I don't know if it's the truth, but um, it, it's also partially disgusted, but partially it's also negative. So, like, really before politics ramped up in the last 10 years, like, I feel like it's gotten really heated in the last 10. But um, yep. before that, just every story was negative because stories about good things, they don't they don't draw ratings. It, it's the negativity. And I just got over it. I was done. So it wouldn't yep. even turn on again, the US. Yeah, I, I don't talk about politics very much, but I really hope that there's a leader in the pipeline in America that can truly lead regardless of uh, party affiliation. And I'm very skeptical about that happening, but that would be my wish. I think the void of leadership in this country is the biggest problem, and it's been that way for a number of years. And I don't know who that individual would be, but I really hope that individual is out there and has aspirations of being in political office that can galvanize this country. Because short of that, I don't really see things changing in this country. And I hate to be doom and gloom, but that's how I feel. Yeah. Well, um, even if it is that type of leader and that type of person, it's going to have to be somebody that changed. Like the Kings, it's going to have to be a culture change. Yeah. They're not going to get it done yep. in two terms. It's got to be a no. shift. So, yep. anyways, hey, any thoughts on Jackson Mahomes before we... Uh, you know, the, the, the only thoughts I have on Jackson Mahomes is that this is an ongoing 
list of disturbing incidents that have happened with Patrick Mahomes' brother. And I don't really follow it that closely because why should I? I mean, I mean, uh, but it's really, it's just, it, it's a sad situation. I'll just put it to you that way. And it's a bad situation. And I, I think I've used this term a lot on this show since I've been doing it. Nothing ever surprises me anymore. Yeah. Nothing ever surprises me anymore. I, I'm not surprised whenever I hear something of this magnitude or other things. I really I don't even raise my eyebrows anymore. Well, let me ask you really quickly this. Um, you know, Mahomes, uh, speaking of Patrick, he seems to be pretty quiet and to himself off the field, stays out of trouble from what we yep. know. How common, I mean, in your experience, because everybody has their, you know, family around, or most guys yep. have family around them or maybe groups around them. Is it to have a good guy that stays quiet off the field, does right, but then it's the people around him that are the problem and are constantly... Happens a lot. Yeah. Happens a lot. I mean, it, it, it happens a lot. And, you know, there's... I don't have to get off on a, on a tangent here, but you, know, you can have <laughs> a brother or a sister and you can have the greatest life in the world and you can have a brother that's in prison and a sister that's you know, a drug addict and homeless. I mean, there's really no rhyme or reason just because, you know, you're in the same family and you had the same mom and dad or what, what have you. Um, so I don't really, I have a, one of my best friends is a high level executive uh, in a company and his brother was in jail for 18 years for repeated drug offenses in the state of California. They had the same mom and dad. They grew up in the same household. One, one son ended up being unbelievably successful and the other son went down the wrong path and spent 18 years in prison. So I, I, I would say this, I think as you, especially now with social media and all of the attention and, you know, in Patrick, and again, I'm not making a decision for Patrick Holmes. He can make the decision however he wants. I always thought it was odd that his brother was even around him with all of the disturbing things that I was hearing. I mean, I don't care yeah. if it's a family member or not. At some point, you got to cut that out of your life and say, "Hey, this you're you're not you're not part of what I'm doing anymore." That's that's this, that's how I would be. I don't want to speak for Patrick Mahomes, but I always thought it was odd. I, I always find it odd when a celebrity, and I'll use the term of a celebrity because that encompasses all walks of life. If you're well known, I've never understood why a celebrity would keep an individual in their inner circle that continues to bring them down or cast a bad light on them. I've never quite understood that. Like loyalty is fine to a point, but when loyalty starts to affect your image and your, your culture and your credibility, then at that, that's when it's no good anymore. And I've, I've always, to me, I've always been surprised that people just don't cut bait. Does that make sense that they don't just say, Hey, enough's enough. I give you plenty of chances you know, family member or not, goodbye, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it does. I, I think the other side of the coin is sometimes people, one, think they can fix a person or two, think if that person isn't close to them because they care so much about them that, you know, the train's really going to come off the track, even though the train is off the track with that person, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. So. You know, and again, everyone has to make their own decision and do what's best for them. But in the case of the Mahomes, the brothers, I, I, I don't understand. And again, I, I, I'm going to go back to that. This is maybe not the right comparison, but the number of wives of our, the Baker Mayfield's wife, Patrick Mahomes' wife after the Super Bowl, when they go to social media and make comments that are just asinine and stupid and just really are embarrassing, like I would put a stop to that too. I mean, if my wife were on social media, you know, saying stupid things, I would make sure that does not happen. I mean, I'm sorry that you're not going to put on social media, you know, repeated, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes wife saying everyone needs to apologize for the bad things she said about the yeah. Chiefs at the beginning of the year. Like, how stupid is that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, it, it is stupid. But I mean, you, they probably shouldn't be on social media to begin with because you're just going to be a target for hate. There, There's probably yeah. nothing good that you're going to be seen. But at the same time, 
regardless if you're Mahomes' wife or if you're my wife at Liam's soccer game and a parent's hyper-competitive, you know, they may go to Twitter to say something that happened. It's just the it's the world we're living in now, you know? Yep. So Thanks, buddy. All good right, buddy. chat today. Yep. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, let's move along. Let's get to uh, Zach. Hello, Zach. How are you? Oops, sorry. There you are, Zach. What's going on today? Hey, I got a question. Um, so, like, we, uh, you've mentioned, like, Barnes probably isn't really – shouldn't be starting anymore. I mean, he's just, like, too inconsistent. But, obviously, I mean, he's a great uh, teammate. You know, I'm sure the coach, the coach loves him and the players. So, like, my question is, like, if he does re-sign, would you see him actually not starting next season? Well, first of all, I didn't say he shouldn't start oh. anymore. I said that it may be better to have him come off the bench. I mean, Mike Brown knows a hell of a lot more than I do uh, about the team. But, I mean, he was not good in the playoffs. I think we can agree on that, correct? Yeah, I would agree with that, too. So, like, so, that leads me yeah. to, like, the guy, the guy in Europe, the Ven, Sasha Venskov, whatever his name is. Yep. Um. If he comes over next season, is he a starting caliber small forward? No, I don't. Uh, first of all, I'm not qualified to speak on him. I know very little about him. And so I'm not going to go on and talk about what, whether he would start or whether we would come off the bench. I, I would say it would be highly unlikely that he would start. But I know very little about him. I've seen him play two minutes. And I'm not really qualified to talk about someone I don't know. Okay. And then just one last thing. Um, I mean, the fact that now Monty McNair has won the executive of the year. I mean, do you think that will finally allow Ron and Dibay just to let Monty, you know, have more authority at that position? Or do you think that won't change anything? Um, I think everything's changed for the better right now. I, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. I think Monty McNair is running the team. I think that, you know, he's got a good grasp on what he's doing. Um, the drafts have been very good. I don't, I don't really – I don't think it's an issue that needs to even be discussed right now. Gotcha. And then would you – I hate to say this, but as a ninth pick, I mean, I think that's where he was. Would you call Davion a bust or just midway? Because I don't think he's really Davion Mitchell. I'm not saying a bust. I'm just a bust. Are you kidding me? Very good. Did you just watch him play in the playoffs? Yes, I did. I did. I got a bust. Are you serious? Now, come on now. Are you kidding me? Did you really ask that question? Come on now. All right, maybe that's too much. Maybe that's too much. But yeah, that's way too much, Zach. Come on now. Okay, a ninth pick. Just say ninth pick. Do you think that you think that he's worthy of a ninth pick? Well, let, let me let me answer the let me let me answer the question this way. If the draft were held all over again, the Kings would take him at number nine. Okay, okay, gotcha. I just wanted to, from someone of your stature, to let me know about that. And again, I'm doing that off the top of my head without even knowing in front of me the players that were taken behind him. There may be somebody that was taken behind him that, you know, is better. But, I mean, I'm trying to make a point that if the draft were held all over again, the Kings would take him at number nine. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Buster is definitely not the case. That's for sure. And again, he just completed, you know, his second season. He just completed his second season. All right. If you want to get in on the program before we wrap it up, now is the time and we get to uh, John. Hello, John. How are you today? I'm doing all right. What's up, buddy? How are you? Can you hear me? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I can hear you good. Hey, that was a fun conversation with Ryan and uh, good question he asked like he always has about and you guys talking about open wheel formula one race and that is some of the funnest yep. racing ever but it's on it netflix called? it's the it's the it's f1 on netflix um it's called um well you can you know it's the f1 it's, it's phenomenal it's freaking spectacular I'll figure it out it's something i'm just going to google f1 when i go there and it, it's probably going to pop right up in front of me Yes, it will. But that's fun. Hey, that was cool, Grant, listening to you and Ryan talk about Formula One racing, because that's some of the funnest stuff ever. And I wonder if there's more people around in our little group here, in our little family, who watch some Formula One or anything like that, because it's pretty fun 
pretty fun. You know, Jerry Reynolds, lo- Jerry Reynolds loves Formula it, One. He watches it all the time. Oh, yeah. Jerry's a big yeah. But um, I got to tell you that 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 uh, you will, John, you will get hooked on that if you watch that on Netflix. It's absolutely unbelievable. Hey man, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until I can dedicate myself eight hours to do it. I guess is what I need to do. You're gonna need you're a lot more me? than eight hours, my friend. All right, I need to get some sleep. You're gonna sometime, need. You're but... gonna need. You're gonna need. Okay. Formula One Drive to Survive is what it's called on Netflix. Formula One Drive to Survive, five seasons beginning in 2019, and I'm telling you, it is freaking off the charts. Called Drive to Survive. So, did you binge the whole thing and start from the beginning and get completely I actually, caught up? I didn't even know. Well, okay, great question. I watched the last season first because I just came okay. across it and I was bored and I watched the first episode of season five and I'm like, oh my God. So I watched <laughs> the whole first, the, there's 10 episodes in each season. I watched, in, I was done with season, uh, season five in uh, a day and a half. And I didn't realize at the time I was that there were that there were four previous seasons. I mean, again, I wasn't really paying. And then when you get done, it then I realized, oh my God, they started this back, you know, in 2018 or 2019. So I went back and watched season one. I'm actually watching Man. season five again because I'm like, okay, you know, I watched the first four. I'm going to watch season five again. I'm telling you, man, it's unbelievable. I'm going to watch it. Hey, that was a fun question that Ryan asked. What do you watch if you're not watching sports? And me, it's pretty much the same thing. In news, I watch news for weather and about it, man. I know there's always bad news all the time. The one thing I watch, Yellowstone. I don't know if anybody's caught that, but I started watching Yellowstone with Kevin Costner and stuff. It's a pretty fun one. Uh, I've heard it's great. I have not watched it. And everybody goes, gee, Grant, what are you talking about? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. people yeah. said that to me for so long and they said I should cut my beard. And well, I went and did that too. So go figure. Huh? <laughs> I do know you did that because <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> oh my God. I went with the goatee, like you were saying, like you were saying a few Friday nights, a handful of Friday nights ago. And uh, oh I'm going God. with the goatee instead of regrowing it. Huge again. Awesome, buddy. So <laughs> I love it. All right, buddy. Good advice. Hey, just like going to Putin Bay, Putin Bay, that was good advice yeah. too. So <laughs> that's exactly right. That's what I'm here for, buddy. Oh my god. I know. We've been doing it for so long. Thanks. Thanks, Grant. Yep. Have a great one, All right. buddy. All right. By the way, as I'm doing, you know, the uh, Miami Grand Prix is uh this week. So yeah. just so you know, the great the Formula One is in Miami. The racing through the yep. streets of Miami. That's right. I can't afford to go. Because uh, the tickets are like three thousand dollars, but that's why they have TV. Yeah. I you got to work it. <laughs> no, I, I don't have my connections it. anymore. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> I got to work it. <laughs> I still have a couple days to work it. All right, buddy. You, you take care. There was an old old media pass that had your picture. You can make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. All right, be good. Take care. All right, buddy. Have a good one. I would love to go too. I really would, but <laughs> yeah. Tickets are ridiculous. All right, so I think here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Uh, Four o'clock right here, and then at five o'clock, I'm going to jump on YouTube, and uh, I'll have a 30 or 60 minutes of storytelling based on your questions. So you hit me up with a question, just like Ryan did, even though that's not the type of question I'm expecting. (laughs) What do I do when I'm not watching sports? But um, we'll do that tomorrow. We'll give that a shot. Maybe I'll do that once a week. We'll see. Uh, That's tomorrow at 5 o'clock. You take care. Open Forum Wednesday is always fun. Fabulous. You take care. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.